Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secrets of Confident Women. My name is Jodie Bruce-Clark, and together with my business partner, Anastasia Adams, we run Rise Women, which is a business dedicated to helping women learn practical confidence techniques so that they can increase their confidence and do the amazing things they want to do in their lives. Now, today, we are going to talk all about how to change our habits so that we can change confidence. Now, we all know that it's our habits that run our daily lives, whether it be the way we brush our teeth or we dry ourselves out of the shower or the way we drive to work or the millions of other automated things that we do. Basically, anything you can do automatically without really thinking about it, any behavior that has been repeated so often it no longer involves conscious thought is a habit. And our confidence levels can also be affected by the habits that we have. And today, I am thrilled to be interviewing Dr. Gina Cleo on this subject. Gina has a PhD in habit change, specializing in sustainable health and well-being, and is an assistant professor at the Bond University. She holds a Bachelor of Health and Sciences and a Master's of Nutrition and Dietetics. Gina has featured in over 150 media outlets and is a regular keynote speaker and expert panelist at national and international conferences. Today, Gina runs the Habit Change Institute where she teaches evidence-based strategies for achieving long-term success through the power of habits. So Gina, welcome to the podcast today and onto the Secrets of Confident Women. Thank you so much, Jodie. It's so lovely to be here chatting with you today. Yeah, I've really been looking forward to this episode because I think this will be something that's, you know, we don't often link confidence, I guess, with that it can be a habit, even though, you know, we talk about that quite a bit, but it's getting to the nitty gritty of changing, how to change our habits and what habits are. So I think this will be so valuable today for our um, our listeners. So to start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Well, I live on the Gold Coast in Australia, which Mm -hmm. is a beautiful, sunny place that I love. (laughs) My career, I actually started as a dietitian about 15 years ago. And I guess my passion for that started because both my grandparents had type 2 diabetes and I wanted to be able to help them live a happier, you know, more satisfied life. So I studied to be a dietitian. And what I was finding when I was working in clinical practice is that I was really able to help people on a short-term basis. So we would always get results, but what I would often find is three months later, six months later, a year later, they would come back and we would be working to resolve the same concerns that they had when they first came to see right. me. Yeah, and, and originally I just thought I was a terrible dietitian because I love food. <laughs> I'm a big time foodie. You know, I'm Egyptian by background, so yeah. I just thought, oh. But then when I started to look at the medical literature, I realized that actually it wasn't just me at all. And that, you know, 95% of people who lose weight will regain it. 92% of New Year's resolutions are forgotten by yes, every. Yeah. So this whole short-term success 
you know, it's, yeah. I could see that it was a narrative, but it was a bit of a pattern. Yeah. So that's when I put my clinic on hold, actually, and I was invited by Bond University to complete a PhD in sustainable outcomes. And this led me down this wonderful path of habits. And now I've you know, completely dedicated my life and my research and my work mm. to understanding habits, but also educating others on habits. Because although, as you said earlier, habits influence so much of our lives. Oh, my goodness. It's Everything. It's everywhere, really, isn't it, when you start it looking at it? Yeah. Yeah. But interestingly, we've only been researching habits for the past 10 years. Right. So it's still a fairly novel space in the research world. Right. Does, and then so what does confidence, because this is the confidence podcast, this is one of our questions yeah. we ask everyone, <laughs> what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? Oh, I think confidence to me means the absence of doubt. It's right. not thinking twice. Mm. It's not thinking am I, could I, should I. I think when you're confident, you think, of course I deserve this. Of course it's come to me. Of course I'll get paid this much. Of course yeah. I should negotiate this. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think if I was to summarize it, it would be the absence of doubt. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. I haven't really heard it put like that before, but I love it. And it is. It's when you have that belief that you're just like, you're on the right track and you, you what you're doing. But yeah, that I should be paid this much and I, yeah. I, I deserve mm. um, everything mm. that's coming my way, which is which is great. And when you, when do you find you're the most confident version of yourself? Uh, you know, you'll probably cringe at this because this is most people's biggest fear. But <laughs> for me, I feel the most confident when I'm presenting. Or oh when I'm no, I don't cringe. That's <laughs> I've said that so many times. I really yeah, because I love oh. I love being on stage. But the majority of the population do not. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, people would ask, aren't you nervous? Aren't you scared? And I'm like, no, I can't wait. Just get oh, me up there. You know, it's, I feel like when you're stepping into your skill and your passion, yes. you ha- it's a default for it to be your happy place. Yeah. So that's yeah. my happy place. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. No, I t- completely often, – I've often said before that um, I feel like the most – I'm the most me on – on a stage, like it's just the place, you know, I feel so most comfortable, feel feel wow. mostly what, what I'm, you know, what what my purpose is and what I'm supposed to be sharing with, with people. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I completely get it. But, yeah, as we said, <laughs> a lot of people do not. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's, it's so nice to meet fears. someone else who's the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so let's talk habits. So how long does it take to form a new habit or or essentially break an old habit? Yeah. So most people have heard that it takes about 28 days. Yes. And, you know, that's what mainstream media and societies yes. have always told us. But actually, that that's not true at all. That was a study done in the 1960s. Right. And it wasn't actually relevant at all to habits. Right. But it's somehow just been sort of passed down the generations. The truth is, it takes on average... 66 days to oh, change wow. a habit and that's okay. yeah and that's either forming a new one or breaking an old one right but there's there's sort of more to it than that it's because there's a big range it takes anywhere from 18 days to 254 days right. to change a habit right. and why there's such a big range is because I guess the easier the habit is that you're trying to create the quicker it'll develop yeah. and if, if you're trying to change a behavior that's quite complex or it's quite ingrained in your lifestyle, 
well, that'll take a bit longer than a habit you might have just acquired more recently or a simpler yeah. habit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's, yeah, so that's, a, and it is a big range and it is a big, because mm. I guess sometimes we've been caught in that trap of, you know, I, I mean, I've heard it at 21, 30, 28, like mm. all those sort of things, but you sort of think, oh, if I just get to that date, <laughs> yes. it'll be over. I'll make it. And then yeah. it's not necessarily that's the case, but that's no. it's good to know that we just need to, yeah, we need to sort of keep going until we get more of that, that habit change feeling or, that's right. Yeah. And that feeling is, did I just do this automatically without thinking about it? Right. Or does it feel strange if I don't do that? Yeah, right. If that starts to feel strange, and most I can say for most people having a cup of coffee or a tea in the morning, does it feel strange if you don't do that? Yes. Most people will say yes. Well, then you know that that's a habit. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so why, why do we actually form habits? We form habits because we make 35,000 decisions every single day. Yes. And if you think, yeah, it's crazy amount. Yeah. If, if you think if we had to consciously make every one of those decisions, yeah. we would be exhausted before we've even gotten out of bed. Right. So habits are there to preserve mental energy because yeah. if we can automate things, if we can put things on autopilot, then we don't actually have to use any mental energy or mental resources to yeah. action those things. Right. So our mind just goes, works for me. So I'm just going to make that into a habit. I'll put that into the habit brain space yeah. so that I, I've got more energy and brain uh, space to think about other more important things like what do I make for dinner tonight or right. what should we do on the weekend? Right. So it's just create, creating like an automated system so that your brain can focus on when it does need to be really focused and thinking about something that's not a habit. Exactly. Yeah, things that we don't do every day. Yes, right. Mm. And I talk, I talk to clients all the time about habits and that, that they're not working for them and affecting their, you know, their confidence. Like when they – hesitate to put their hand up in a meeting like that comes up all the time and share you know share their ideas um I sort of call it the habit loop that they've just got themselves Mm. caught into this habit loop that they think oh I should share but then you know they've already taught their brain sort of not to put their hand up they hesitate that little bit long longer Mm. so what are some ways that we can actually break our old habits the ones that aren't Mm. you know that aren't serving us like you know wanting to share or do all those things that affect us in either the workplace or other areas of our lives that do affect our confidence yeah I love that you've used the word the habit loop because once you understand the habit loop you can understand how to break habits so I'll run through it quickly yeah great the habit loop includes when you're forming a habit or when you have a habit it's going to include three key ingredients and that is a trigger Mm-hmm. The habit and then a reward. So that's the habit loop. It's trigger, routine, reward. And the trigger, that's what initiates that habit. It's what gives you the impulse or the urge to then do the actual habit. So as an example with the coffee, so the trigger is waking up in the morning and yeah. the routine is making a coffee and the reward is generally feeling more awake or having a warm, hearty drink. Yeah. So that's the habit loop. And what happens in a situation like you're mentioning where you might not put your hand up in a meeting or you're hesitating to share an idea is the trigger is I've got an idea, but you've also got a fear response. So there's a yeah, there's potentially right. a fear of rejection yeah. or um, a fear of making uh, like looking silly or yes. your idea being shut down. So the routine instead of 
to vocalize your idea becomes to stay quiet. And the reward is that you didn't put yourself out there mm. and potentially put yourself in harm's way. Yes. And I say it with inverted commas. Yeah. So we actually create, we exacerbate our anxiety. We make it worse by not putting our hand up because oftentimes if we do share in a meeting, what we think is going to happen is not at all what's going to happen. No. Even if someone thinks your idea is silly, they might just nod and smile and move on. And yes. not nowhere near as dramatic as it is generally in our mind. Yeah. But for the way to break that, there's two ways to break a habit. So going back to the habit loop with the, the trigger routine and reward, the trigger will generally stay the same because we're in a meeting and that'll be the trigger. But the routine has to change. So you actually have to say to yourself, and I would do this before you enter the meeting, is you would say to yourself, I'm going to share one thing in this meeting. And you would actually set yourself that goal. Yeah. Or I'm going to put my hand up one time. And so when that, when that uh, I guess, the, the urge to want to say something comes up, then it's a matter of just doing it. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It's going to feel really strange. But the reward that comes from that is oftentimes greater than if you were to just sit back and do nothing. Sometimes the reward is, you know what, I'm so proud of myself for taking that step, even though it felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's one way. The other way to break a habit, which wouldn't be so relevant in this situation, but it's to remove the trigger altogether. So in a situation where we're saying, for example, um, so the trigger might be on my way home from work, I might stop into a fast food chain and grab a meal. And that's not something that I want to do. So the, I would remove the trigger by potentially driving a different way home. Right. And not actually yeah, so not like being faced with the fast food <laughs> Yeah, removing temptation. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I know I do that with chocolate a lot. It's like it's better just not being in the house and then the remove that, you know, the trigger the of, trigger. oh, I want something sweet. And then it's if it's not that's there, right. it's not there. Okay, that's great. Right. And that's, yeah. well, that's really interesting because it's, it's good that I've been, well, one, talking about this hesitation loop and, and it's good to get clear on those different different parts to it because um, mm. it is, I think it's pushing through and seeing that, that you're right, that sort of trigger or being in that meeting is not going to change necessarily but mm. you can change the your response to to you know what you have been doing and it gets easier as you do that is that what you find with with the the habit thing once you start and you push yourself through that one time you put your hand up and it's you know you might be really nervous and scared and there's all these different feelings but the more you do that the easier that sort of gets is that what you find with the hesitation loop yeah most of the time it actually only takes one good experience yeah, to right. reinforce that that positive habit of actually putting the hand up again because right. the reward of feeling good is much greater than the reward of feeling good that you didn't make your anxiety worse by yes. not putting your hand up. And so if you had just one good experience, your brain will go, hey, that wasn't so bad. And it actually reduces that fear response next mm, time. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more confidence you just naturally start to build. Yeah. We call it the positive feedback cycle or positive feedback loop. Right. So when you feel good, your brain goes, hey, let's do that again. And it's just a chemical thing that happens. So you'll be more encouraged. You'll be much less hesitant to do it again the next time. Yeah. But the, the hardest time, of course, 
as with most things we want to change, is the first time. Yes. That's the hardest time. Yeah. yeah. And that's why setting that goal was a really good idea. And I call it an implementation intention. Yeah. It's actually being intentional about yeah. implementing a goal. It's saying, I'm going to be in this meeting and although I'm going to feel, um, I'm not going to feel very confident about putting my hand up, but you would actually say, when I'm feeling that lack of confidence, I still will put my hand up. Yeah, right. And it's being real about that experience. There's no point going, you know, saying things to yourself like, I'm going to feel more confident today. Because the reality is you're probably not. No, no. But it's good to say, I'm not going to feel confident, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's how we build genuine confidence. Yeah. And we we talk a lot about moving into action. Like you build – confidence like it doesn't just turn up one day and go hey I'm here now you know get on with your life and do what you want to do it's really about putting things into action because we talk about action makes everything you know everything happen so it is it's that Mm. putting your hand up pushing through that fear barrier just doing things that you start to feel positive about yourself or that you get proud of yourself that you got you know I set that intention and I did it today you know even if it was something even if it was something small and it's interesting you talk about the like the positive feedback loop even as as um it's something I guess for managers or staff you know managers of staff or anyone who runs a meeting to also be you know or in any areas when someone does you see you know push through that and you know start to participate in a meeting that they haven't before you know it's really I guess acknowledging that too and allowing that space for everybody to feel comfortable in in something like a meeting that we get you know everyone to share ideas and everyone to participate and that it's comfortable you know that they get positive feedback from that because that then encourages that sharing to happen again Mm. yeah exactly right so I think it's also good for us to when we're in a meeting yeah to make everybody feel like they're welcome and their opinions are important and valuable because I think they always are Absolutely. So what about negative thinking? This is something we, we've we done lots of podcasts on. It's the one, it's one of those things that comes up all the time in the coaching I do and different things. We always focus on what the negative thinking is. Is this a habit and can we break it? It can certainly be a habit because we often think of habits like our behaviours, the mm. things we do, like eating breakfast or not, or yeah. smoking or not, or having a glass of wine or exercising after work. It's we often think of behaviors, but actually the way we think is often always habitual as well. Right. So if we are more sort of, if our disposition moves us more towards negative thinking, mm-hmm. then we will continue to do that. And the first step to breaking that is awareness, is actually being aware yeah. of the things that you're saying yeah. or thinking about yourself. And the way I say it to people is, you know, if they're not sure if it's like a really negative thing or just them being realistic about something. Yeah. I would say if you were to stand in front of if you're you on a stage in front of ten thousand people, would you share that thought with somebody or would you would you say that thought to somebody else? And that's the real, oh, well I really better analyze this yeah. thought moment. So I think with that in that once you've got the awareness, then it's about replacing it. So this is where the trigger will be the same, but the routine which is the negative thinking, needs to change. So an idea might be, you know, you walk into a meeting and you might think, 
on, I'm the stupidest person yeah. here. I know the <laughs> least here. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a lot of women, it's more I'm the biggest person here and might actually be more of a physical insecurity that then right. creates even further negative thinking. Yeah. So that, And then it would be um, actually replacing that thought or, or even putting some rationality into it. So, it, you know, you'll still walk into that meeting because that's what you have to do as yeah. part of your role. Yeah. But being aware of the negative thoughts is actually saying to yourself when that thought comes and it still will come, you might challenge it. You might say, "Who says I'm the stupidest person here?" Exactly. Or if I yeah. if I don't know the most, well, I'm here to learn, and mm. I'm really grateful to still be included and to be part of this. Yeah. It's just it's bringing in that self compassion, that kindness, and being more. You know, it's so hard because our thoughts can often be an emotional response to something. Mm. We're not all we're not always in control of them. But we can certainly try to put in that logic and to put in, um, yeah, I, I guess, again, it's thinking, would I say this to a friend? Yeah. Or what gives me the okay to give this to myself? And and with habits, if you think of your brain, it's full of these neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And neural pathways are like roadmaps. And the more you do something or the more you think something, the bigger and wider the road is. Yes. And the less you do something, the smaller the road is. So the thoughts that you have every now and then are like little back alleyways. Yeah. But the thoughts that you have on a daily basis will be more like freeways. Yeah. And But the less you do something or the less that road is being traveled, then the smaller it gets until eventually it disintegrates and the neural pathway actually dies off. Right. Great. You have to just do it less and less and less and less and yeah. less and less. And, and there's not a time frame for that because there'll always be times where the thought slips in or you yeah. might you, know, you might entertain the thought a bit. But um, it's certainly a process of two steps forward, one step back yeah. and just being consistent. Habits are all about consistency and yeah. not intensity. Right. And that we talk, we've got thing, you know, different exercises like power mantras and different things that we help. We help someone form a power mantra or a new thought, and then we, we all often talk about what's well, the repetition of that as well. They've got to start creating, like as you say, like that new neural pathway, that new super highway for the new thought yeah. to then that yeah. become something that just is is there. It's that's that. That's their default place to all the, the default yeah. thinking to have, um, yeah. because you know these negative thoughts and some of them, are, you know, the people have been thinking for ten or twenty or longer, twenty twenty years or longer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's they're big super highways, and uh, you Definitely. know I often find people, you know, they do with, around positive thinking, and people say, to me, "Oh, I don't. I tried that positive thinking for a couple of days, didn't work for me." And I think. Oh my goodness! A couple of days—that's not going to help. That's not going to change the the negative thoughts you've been running for, yeah. you know, thirty years. It's got to be that much more repetition than than just a you know a couple of days or even a couple of weeks. It's got to really yeah. change oh, those absolutely. those yeah, thoughts. Yeah, it's long term. And I often say to people, you know, it didn't take overnight for you to think this way, and it's no. not going to be overnight that you rewind this thinking as well. It takes time, and you have to be committed to the process but yes. it's such a rewarding end result and that's what they that's what we've got to keep in mind is yeah, yeah the process is not this is not a quick fix no. but it is a permanent solution and yeah. that's the beauty of habit but at the same time 
you know, this is what makes habits not a sexy topic because I can't promise you great success in a, in a fortnight's time. No. It's just not how habits work. Yeah. But I can offer you a life of freedom long term if you just commit to the steps of the, the habit change yes. in the short term. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Awesome. Oh, I love, and I love talking about neural pathways. It's just one of my passions. <laughs> I, I, I always talk about, yes, I'm, I'm that really strange person on the beach reading a, a neuros something about neuroscience or whatever, when everyone's ah. reading like, you know, interesting I'm sort of stories. Yeah, yeah. I'm always <laughs> yeah. like reading the, the strangest books ever. But, um, and oh, it was I funny, it. even even a couple of weeks ago, we went the school holiday because I'm talking to, about neural pathways to my kids all the time and about how, you know, and um, I, you know, I think we went back from it was in fourth term and we went back to school and I'd forgotten to make my son's lunch the first day and I was like right oh. and then the second day he's like have you made my lunch I'm like oh no because we just had two weeks off and I wasn't <laughs> back in the routine of it and he said it's all right mum you've just got to wait till your neural pathway gets back on track oh. and I was like oh my goodness my 11 year old's talking what about a, neural pathways it's hilarious what a proud moment I know that been for I know you. he'd he'd served it right back up to me because I was I'm always oh. going it's a neural path you got to do do it re, you know do more repetition to build the neural yes. pathway and he's yeah he served it right back to me with um not making his oh. lunch so <laughs> I love that so much it's That's funny so fantastic. I know yeah <laughs> anyway, so what about what about forming new habits that we actually do want in our lives? And you know, like I you know, I talk to lots of sort of women about, oh my goodness, like networking meetings is a big one that they know they want to go to and they don't or um making sales calls, you know, when that again a bit of that hesitation comes in. And anything that we know will help our businesses or our career or even in in life, like habits that we do want in our lives. What are the practical techniques that we can use to to do that to put these, you know, these new these good habits in? Mm, beautiful. So when you think back to the habit loop with the trigger routine reward, the first part of that is the trigger. So I think what we often do when we're trying to change a behaviour or create a new habit is we go, I'm just going to do it, and we we depend on our memory and our willpower and our motivation level. Yeah. And none of those are actually going to help us. You will forget. Um, you will have days where you have really no willpower or self-control. Yes. And you might not feel motivated. You know, motivation goes up and down all the time. Oh, my goodness. All the time. <laughs> all the time, yes. yes. So if we're depending on those three things, we are not going to make it long term. And this is the biggest difference between changing a behavior and changing a habit. So a habit is actually attaching a trigger to it. So it might actually be, um, say these networking meetings happen on a monthly basis. It'll be on the last Friday of the month, let's say that's when they're on, on the last Friday of the month, I will go to a networking meeting. So yeah, you right. actually would put, again, that implementation intention. And it's yes. when I, I will. It's when the meeting is on, I yes, will I will. Yeah, great. Yeah, and, and the reward is sometimes just the fact that you did it and you yeah. pick it off and you're like, I'm actually really proud of myself doing that but the reward has to be a good feeling yes. so you actually have to take that mindful moment to be proud of yourself and to be happy that you took that step right yeah and and that is where the habit is reinforced it's with when you produce those good feelings it's those happy hormones that you release yeah that's when the brain goes hey this made me happy so i'm going to do that again 
And I reckon that's a step that a lot of people forget, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think we just often because brush you know, past we're it from and, one thing yeah. to the next. Yeah, yes. it's like cool, did that, all right, what's next? Without it, she's stopping and going, Hey, yeah. even if it's just it takes five seconds yes. to figure I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Like, that was really hard for me. I've been procrastinating and putting it off for so mm. long. And I finally did it. Yeah, awesome. So that's how we form those habits. And, yeah. and in life, you know, there's an example I like to give to illustrate how habits are formed. So let's say that each time you get home in the afternoon, you grab a snack. Let's say it's, um, you know, let's say it's a cookie. Yeah. Each time you come home, you grab a cookie. And so that now your brain's associated getting home with eating a cookie. And you really love the taste and texture of these cookies. So that's the reward. Yes. So every time you eat a cookie in response to getting home, that link in your brain, that neural pathway, strengthens and it gets bigger to the point where just thinking of getting home prompts you to eat a cookie. Yes. The neural pathway starts firing before yeah. you're even home. Yeah, yeah. it's entrenched. Exactly, it's entrenched. Mm. And and that's the impulse and the urge that we feel. And, but we get home and we say to ourselves, I'm not going to eat the cookie. And before we know it, we're standing at the kitchen bench and there's three cookies yeah. in our mouth and yes. we haven't even thought about it. Yeah. I think what, and then what happens is, so now it's become second nature. It's something you're doing subconsciously without thinking and then we get down on ourselves when we're like why did I eat the cookie I really didn't want to today mm. but what needs to change there is the trigger we focus so much on not eating the cookie but if we remember the habit loop it starts with a trigger so we actually need to address the trigger right which is getting home and walking straight to the kitchen Right. So if we were to get home and walk into the bedroom, get changed, do five minutes of meditation, whatever it might be, just to change the neural pathway, to change the, the regular routine, yeah. then that urge for the cookie falls away because no trigger, no routine. Right. It's, it's trigger, routine, reward happens in a split-second sequence. Yes. And if we disrupt that sequence, that's how we disrupt the, the habit pathway. Oh, and it's, so yeah. that's how our habits are developed. It's we've found a trigger that we generally will react or, or do a routine in response to. Mm. So for us to form a habit, we have to find a trigger instead of just saying, I'll do this more. No, it's you have to say at this time of day or at, you know, at that, when I'm in that place or when I'm doing this thing, I will. And then you attach the habit that you want to create to right. the trigger. Done. Yes, <laughs> and it is. It's it's being really conscious of it, isn't it? That's what I'm sort of hearing from you, rather than just again real, hoping that our motivation or our willpower carries us through, um, yeah. which it often doesn't. That's why you were saying at the beginning, mm-hmm. so many um, news resolutions just do not survive, uh, do mm. not last the distance, do not even make it to February. It's because we haven't really consciously thought about how and, and actually planned out that that trigger and how to how to make that that new habit really form and it sounds like it's got to just be a much more conscious focus absolutely at the beginning definitely it's got to be really conscious you've got to be mindful of it that's why tools like a habit tracker are excellent oh okay you can google habit tracker and you can google image and print one off for free or there's plenty of habit apps that you can use but the beauty of these is they help to hold you accountable Mm. and it helps you to Bring more mindfulness into the activity that you want to create. 
And um, you know when you're young and you get a gold star for doing something yes, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest, the funny thing is, Jody, we don't actually grow out of that. Right. And when you give yourself a tick for doing something that you wanted to do, that helps that you know your brain to feel oh, good and it helps yeah. that reinforcement. Oh, I'm the I'm the bit and Anastasia is as well. We're the biggest paper list people followers we've never got after we've tried online things it had it's not the same as I highlight through it you know highlight (laughs) through my to-do list it is so satisfying to see you know where you're up to and that's just that that's the the you know getting through and it gives you get get reward that's the reward for you know being productive or getting through what I needed to do in the day but if I don't have that um yeah if I don't have that ability to to highlight through the list going yes that's completed it is I I, like it's disappointing I'm like I've missed a part of the process um and yeah as I said I've tried online ones that you tick it off and then and then it disappears. And I was like, oh, no, I want to see that I've, you know, ticked off all these things. I don't want to just see the focus on how much yeah. you've got left to do. I want to see what, I, what, what I've done. already done. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it, it works for different people. I prefer also the, the tick. But I also like to have it with me all the time. So I'm more likely to have my phone with me. Mm. So I find having the app works better. Yeah, but so it's I'll have really to look into a those. personal preference. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's plenty around. Yeah. I know with the, uh, doing like drinking more water and stuff, they always say put something on your desk and tick those, that glasses of water off or what have you so that you can yeah. try to get that as a uh, yeah the new habit into your into your brain but it's it, well I've you know I want to drink eight glasses a day and I'm up to five and then you get that sort of reward oh I'm nearly there and yeah, yeah. all those sorts of things really work yeah it's a great thing and you were saying before about having to be conscious and mindful and and that is very true but it's only until the habit becomes automatic and subconscious so that yeah. level of I guess the motivation and the mindfulness is really important when you're developing a habit. But right. once it's developed, you don't need mindfulness because we know that habits are subconscious. They're our autopilot. Yeah. So gradually it'll become less and less mindful yeah. and that's what we want. But that's what takes that consistency and perseverance. Yes. Awesome. Oh, it's so important, I think, for confidence and, and especially the like women that we work with and that the, the focus on that changing because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're either with us in coaching or, you know, maybe listening to this podcast because they know that confidence or what, or doing certain things they're, they're not feeling confident about. So it's so good to see that science of, of this is the process to work through to mm. actually be able to build our confidence, to change whatever's happening in that area, whether it be, you know, not making a sales call or negative thinking, repeatedly saying, oh, I'm no good at this, I'm no, you know, I'm useless or what have you, that we can actually consciously focus on that and realise that, that we always talk about, especially with the negative thinking, helping people to realise that just because they had the thought does not make it true. So mm. it's separating that, you know, if they say, oh, I'm useless or that, that sort of that's that negative thinking, that the negative thought that goes through their mind so often – it's not true and it's just it's just a habit that you've created. And I think when you yeah. can see it like that, it takes the uh, intensity, I guess, off it that it's not yeah. – it didn't make it true. It's just you've run this neural pathway so often that it feels like it's the natural 
it, it feels like it's true. It feels like it's this Absolutely. is this is what your brain is saying. But it's it just almost because becomes you, your identity. Yes, yeah, and people do identify. I've heard the worst things people have said to them over the over the years. But mm. um, yeah, it's really focusing back on. It doesn't make it true. It just feels like that's your automated response because you've created the habit. And if you created the habit of saying that to yourself, you can. Un, you know, uncreate that habit. You'll create something else that's that's Completely. more powerful that will give you a great life. Because yeah, saying you're useless or hopeless or any of these awful words constantly to yourself is just not going to give you the life that you you deserve. You know, no, it's not serving you at all. And it's I guess not. it's really important to know that you know an old dog can learn new tricks. Yes. Our brains are constantly reshaping and reforming every day our brain changes and so it's really knowing that although this feels like it's part of who you are this thought pattern is is part of what you do and you know you wouldn't even know a life without it Mm. I guess it's really knowing that your brain can change and you can be completely you know separated and and it it can be so far from you that it's no longer part of your routine in any way because the brain is completely capable of that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love it. And I really hope, again, the listeners really hear and, and, and start to see this change that you can really work through just a conscious process for this to start changing these these habits that aren't serving us and also to create these new ones that we know do make a difference to our confidence or do make a difference to our lives to start putting those that process in. So yeah. awesome. Oh my gosh, so much great learning today and thank you so much for sharing. Now we've got, are we moving on to our, I've got our Rise Women Final Power questions that we ask all our guests. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you wish every woman knew? I wish every woman knew the freedom and liberation of a life built around good habits. Yes. Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Absolutely. And what is your superpower? My superpower is how organized I am. Oh, good. Yes. My organization skills are next level <laughs> <laughs> mine too to the point of us annoys people but yes I don't know how people cope without being organized I've got to say honestly I wouldn't remember anything if no. I wasn't organized no no okay good yes high, high intensity organizing skills yes. uh heels or flats are you a heels or a flats girl definitely flats yes. unless I'm going to a wedding and then I always wear heels for weddings otherwise flats all the way yes okay even presenting do you present yeah, in flats? Yeah, even presenting. Do yeah, you? mostly. I'll be like, like really nice, fancy flats. Nice, nice. I mean, I'm pretty tall, so I yeah. tend to just go with flats. And I like <laughs> yes. comfort. I way prefer comfort over beauty. Yes, good, good. <laughs> Your favourite cro- uh, quote or rule to live by? My favourite quote is, we become what we want to be by mm. consistently being what we want to become each day. Oh, yes, love that. There's just such a grace and ease of these small daily actions mm. and it's just a reminder that it's about consistency yeah. of just doing what we want to do each day and how that becomes who we are. It becomes our identity in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And who inspires you and why? My greatest inspiration would be the strong woman in my life. You know, I'm yeah. so fortunate to be surrounded by so many incredible 
strong, persevering, tenacious women. Yeah. From my mum to so many of my friends to my colleagues. And they are forever my inspiration and they're really mm. paving the way to show that women are capable of anything. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I know. And it's surrounding yourself and having those influences in your life that we talk a lot about as a, as a confidence technique because it's so important mm. to be able to see and feel and hear and, and be around women that are up to something, that are really, yeah. really doing stuff. And it gives you that that real confidence and boost that, oh, I could do it too, you know? Oh, it's so empowering. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And the last one, finish this sentence. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would? I would initiate more business-related ventures. There you go. Yes. I think I would put myself out there more. You know, know, I get many opportunities and I'm so fortunate with what I do to be the only you know, one of the only Australian researchers that right. study habits. So I'm really fortunate and, you know, I've got a niche field and it seems to attract a lot of, of work and collaboration. But at the same time, when I look back, there's probably not a lot that I initiated. And right. I think if I had more confidence, I'd probably be more targeted with, with my business-related like, yes. ventures. Well, anything's possible. Get your trigger. Start the routine. (laughs) I love it. Oh, Gina, well, thank you so much for talking to us about habits today. It's been such an honour to to hear your research and for you to, as one of the only Australian researchers, um, to give your time to come on to our podcast today. So we really, really thank you for your for your for your information and your time and your expertise to help us all learn a little bit more about habits and how we can make and break them. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. I've had such a ball speaking yeah, yeah. to you today, Jody. It's been really fun. So well, thank you. You're welcome. And thank you to everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch with us or visit us at risewomen.com. We want to ensure that confidence is every woman's new normal. And we do that by getting our programs and resources out to as many women as we can. So until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye for now.